Hello and welcome to the District Administration Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney, and today we're talking about chaos to calm improving school culture through an adults-first approach. In a time where teachers, staff, and administrators are facing unprecedented levels of stress and mental strain, it is critical to understand that prioritizing the wellness and mental health of these adults is really foundational to creating a healthy school culture where students can flourish. In this district administration podcast episode, an expert coach, counselor, behavioral specialist, and trainer for large-scale school culture initiatives will discuss with the director of special programs at Liberty Public Schools in Missouri, the importance of taking an adults-first approach to wellness and mental health, how to help teachers, staff, and students at all levels to manage conflict in healthy ways and the many positive outcomes for this approach. We are going to cover a variety of topics today, the importance of healthy school culture to teaching and learning, how to foster a culture of healthy conflict resolution in schools, why teaching adults these skills first is critical to making an impact, and how this approach creates fewer discipline issues, increased academic achievement, and improved levels of job satisfaction and retention for teachers, staff, and administrators. And I'm really pleased to bring on our guest moderator for this episode. Jill Moley is Director of Development for Conscious Discipline. Jill, I'm so happy to have you here because this is such a big issue. And I love how we are spinning it to let's start with the adults to trickle down to the next generations that we're teaching. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Michelle. I am super excited to be here and to chat with you a little bit about one of the biggest problems that so many of us are facing. And I knew the perfect person to join me in a conversation is a good friend of mine and a the director of special programs, Jessica Meisenheimer in Liberty. And so before I bring Jessica on and and she inter- and she chats a little bit with me. I want to start off by just letting you know kind of what is it that we're going to have a conversation about. First of all, we know there's a problem. And one of the biggest problems is teachers are leaving. Teachers are leaving. But bigger than that, if you read the latest research in the last month, administrators are leaving. And so for years, conscious discipline is an approach to um, certainly helping children self-regulate. But what the main piece of conscious discipline has always been for the 25 years that our company has been around has always been talking about the adult first. So I'm just going to share with you just quickly kind of the overall definition of conscious discipline. And then Jessica and I are going to jump into how we have really worked to help solve some problems in her district. So Here's the general um, overview of conscious discipline. It's a trauma-informed, evidence-based approach to self-regulation, to wellness, and to classroom management. So not three different approaches, but one program, one practice that helps with all three of those important um, issues that um, schools are working with. It guides adults in living and modeling and teaching the skills that they want to instill in the children. Conflict is part of our life. When kids throw desks, when when you have to evacuate um, a classroom, when um, teachers feel disrespected by students, when principals feel like the teachers aren't listening, everyday conflicts and challenges become the curriculum 
We say the curriculum just walks in the front door. It's the children. We're not a, a, a curriculum set. We're not a bunch of books that teachers open up and say, we want you to be friendly to each other, sit down. And they're yelling at children while they're reading about sharing and kindness. We actually infuse those skills into the adults and the adults become the, the first learner and they teach these lifelong skills like self-regulation and assertiveness and empathy to every child in their class. Conscious discipline has structures that we put in, into practice in classrooms and, and that creates what we call a school family. And when a school family is built, we shift schools from schools of competition. How many points did you get? Did you get bucks today? Did you get a red face, a frown face? You, we shift from externally rewarding children and externally kind of bribing and motivating them to shift their behaviors to teaching them these internal practices so that they, they see children who are struggling in a different way. They want to reach out and help kids who are struggling instead of like, well, he's going to get his marker pulled. I'm going to tell my mom he sat in the timeout chair all day. Like, so they stop recording the negative data and they become part of this family. So now I just want to bring on my good friend and um, director of special programs, Jessica Meisenheimer. Jessica, hello. Hi, that's quite an introduction, Jill. Thank you. I'm honored. I know, of course. Well, one of the things that I wanted to share with everyone out in the world is a little bit about the journey that Liberty Public Schools has had. So would you just share um, why do you believe that Liberty um, began their journey and, and conscious discipline was kind of the answer for them? So I think the first one is, and you've already mentioned this, Jill, is the adult first focus. We know that uh, regulated adults help children get regulated and we can't do it the other way around. So if you're dysregulated as an adult, you've got a, a child that's also dysregulated. That is just going to feed on each other. So we have to start with our adults and helping equip them, not just equip them with skills, but also understanding of how our bodies work and how our brains work and how that connects with the students that we work with and their bodies and their brains and that all of that as humans who want connection fits together. So I think that core philosophy of conscious discipline was was really attractive to us and the needs that we have. Conscious discipline focuses a lot on the brain states, again, as adults, but also as our children who come to us and understanding how trauma impacts that really empowering our teachers with knowledge of that really goes a long way. So I think that was another piece of the, the conscious discipline, uh, not puzzle, but the conscious discipline offerings that we were really attracted to. Also just the comprehensiveness of the partnership that we've had with conscious discipline. So whenever we've looked at the next school year and kind of dreamed and envisioned of what that can look like, it's not stagnant. So we've been able to go, okay, we've got some basic level trainings What's that next level that our schools need? And does every school need the same thing or do they need something different? Maybe that administrator needs a higher level of coaching than at another school. And, and I think the comprehensiveness of the partnership has also been really important. So the content, obviously, but then also the um, true partnership that we formed have been really important to our growth in this area. This is amazing. So districts have uh, initiative fatigue. 
I mean, there are 5,000 initiatives that are happening in districts and teachers are like, what now? Oh my gosh, could we just stick with one thing for a second? So often we just share it with everyone. And some people are like, listen, I'm, I'm doing some academic math stuff right now. There is no way I have time for this new initiative. I'm doing this. There is no way I have time. So when I came to the administration at Liberty, I asked, would they be willing to not make it an initiative? Sounds crazy. Most companies are like, I want to sell you as much as I can. Like, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. And I said, would you be willing instead to just ask the principals who are willing to join? So we decided not to take the money that we had and just make it equal. So everybody got one tiny little thing. We wanted to bring four schools to a higher fidelity so that the rest of the district was kind of watching and going, do we want this? Do we not want this? Like the proof's in the pudding. And so what happens then is when a district allocates dollars, those dollars actually get a return on the investment. So these four are really interested and there were 11 elementaries altogether and two of them said, raised their hand and said, I'm in. And so, but do you know what happened by um, January of the first year of implementation? Three other elementaries were like, how come Ridgeview Elementary is getting all of this extra work and their test scores are going up? And how come their teachers are feeling less stressed? Like, what's the deal? How come everybody in the district doesn't get this chance? Absolutely. So when I started in this role, we were provided an opportunity. There was a grant in our county that came up um, that allowed that was focusing on social emotional learning, mental health and specifically for youth. And it seemed like a perfect fit for the work we were already doing with conscious discipline on a much smaller scale we were able to scale up at a really, I feel rapid pace, but that was in part because, because we had already dipped our toe in it, teachers were really hungry for it. The, the want and the need and the buy-in was already established in a lot of schools within our district. And then of course, as with everything in education, it breeds itself, right? So as it got a little bigger, then more people wanted it, more people wanted it, more people wanted it, which is where we've gotten to where we are today. And so, so that's kind of the exciting thing is we started with four under Jessica's reign. We actually now have about 13, 12 or 13 that are some dipping their toe in and, and at the very beginning and some, you know, that are kind of um, moving along. But one of the things that I think Jessica um, talk a little bit about one of the things that we did was we brought an academy to to liberty and and just talk a little bit about a what you think an academy is and how you feel like it it really accelerated the fidelity the fidelity of implementation um in, in liberty we paid to have a liberty only event so we were going to partner with jill and her colleagues to have a liberty only conscious discipline event which would allow us to train i think up to close to 200 teachers and support staff and whoever else we wanted to have at that event. It just was a beautiful launching point for us to get to that large scale level. The content was perfect for the time. So not only did it allow us to go like, it's okay to feel this way, 
And it's okay to take pauses when you need them and your kids are going to need them. We've all had a really rough year so far. We might need to restructure our day to accommodate some of the other things that we're going through besides just math and reading and all of the things. Jessica, I love that. What was the coolest thing for me was when I was able to walk into those 11 elementaries, because at this point now, we've gone from two elementaries to 11 elementaries implementing. Um, what I was able to see was, a, because when they came together in the summer, they experienced how to respond differently to children. Like, so we talked real time, real down to earth about all of those hard things. And in those moments, practiced, how would you respond? So some teachers pretended to be kids and they pretended to be disrespectful. And boy, do teachers know how to pretend to be a disrespectful child. And so through that practice of actually experiencing the upset that happens when, when it doesn't matter, because if it's an adult standing across from you and they're disrespecting you, your, you go to your survival state in your brain, you get emotional, your neck turns red, you get all those feelings happening. And in that moment, we were coaching them, breathe. Perhaps you're going to say you were really frustrated. You were hoping that you were going to be the first in line. And it looks like your friends made it to the line first. That's hard. It's super hard to hit. No one was raised with those words. No one was raised. They were raised with you know what? You're lucky you're getting lunch. You know what? You just better get back at the end of the line. Everybody's getting lunch today. So don't be worrying about it. You know, like we were raised with fear-based ways to respond to all of that upset and that churning that was going on. And in those moments live, we were coaching adults to respond differently, coaching principals in small group, how to respond to a teacher who yells at kids like what do you how do you walk up to a teacher and say stop yelling at kids well you walk up and say today was frustrating and it was hard for you to maintain your composure and there were moments that you lost that composure and i can see all over your face that didn't feel good for you and you know that's not the way that we want to move forward here in our building and so here so we coached and we talked and jessica you guys had done trainings for three or four years before that. And I had gone in and I had coached and I had worked with teachers on, on how to do things. But the evidence showed up when I walked into those buildings and it not only showed up when I saw them, it started showing up in your data. So talk just a little bit about after you hosted that academy and teacher really did this you know kind of um shift personally and started responding different to children how did it show up and what kind of data did it show up in absolutely um well yeah and we can talk i mean of course it's a little different at every single one of our schools but we've had some pretty um great outcomes and anecdotally i mean i'll get to the data stuff too but anecdotally just even seeing like walking in classrooms and they're doing their um brain smart start like consistently in a building and wish well boards are not just in classrooms but they're in the office with the teachers and the staff so if someone's absent that day we're wishing that staff member well as well um, as students wishing each other well, just those routines just started to show up in every single building that we walked through. Um, the feeling buddies, um, having safe 
corners and, and places in classrooms for kids to go to and practice those strategies. I think that to me was just as important as showing like, oh, we're actually really doing this in our classrooms is a big part of it. And because of that, what we started to see is we've seen we've had schools where um, office discipline referrals have gone down. So as implementation goes up, um, that shift, I think that shift in mindset also shifts how we think about when students are dysregulated and when they are having a tough time, which allows us to interact with them differently, which changes the discipline. I mean, all of those things are tied together. Um, and when that starts changing, that then increases your teacher's job satisfaction because one, they feel like, oh, like I was really able to have a, a good positive interaction with that student. They're back in my classroom. Um, I'm not feeling bad after three days because, you know, they made me angry and all of the things, um, which also when all of those things happen, then starts to increase your academic achievement. So then we start to see it in our reading and our math scores of students that when we're in class more often, we're calm and able to get composed and, and, and become regulated better. Our teachers feel better. Right. And then um, that allows us to really focus on that academic achievement. So they all go together. I mean, I, I we really have had a mindset shift here in the district that you can't have one without the other. You have to be attending to all of those elements, the whole of our child and the whole of our adults in order to see the progress that we want to see on more of those accountability measures that uh, were required to from the state and, and other entities yeah. <laughs> as educators. So, so that brings up, as you shared some anecdotals, um, <clears throat> it brings up two fun stories that I, <clears throat> pardon me, that I just want to share. So I was at one of your elementary schools. I was out on the playground and I happened to be with the littlest learners. Um, so I was with the kindergartners. So we were on the playground and all of a sudden, um, sirens came, you know, you couldn't see an ambulance yet. You couldn't see a fire truck. You couldn't see a, a police car. You didn't have any idea what, but even five-year-olds know something wrong is happening. And there was a group of six little five-year-olds who ran to the fence, the chain link fence, their little faces pressed up against the fence. And they then put their hands in their hearts and they start going, we wish them well, we wish them well, all through the day today, we wish them well. And then they said, Mrs. Moley, do you know what's happening? Something scary is happening. And I said, you're right, something scary is happening and you knew just how to be helpful. Because how come? And they said, because it's our job. It's our job every day to keep the school safe by being helpful. And I said, that's exactly right. I walk into a school, no teachers in the hall, two children standing in the hall with a yellow mat on the floor. Mm -hmm. I'm like, huh, what's happening here? Well, we have something called a time machine. They were second graders, seven years old, two little girls. You know the drama and the you're not coming to my birthday party and I don't like you and all the things that happen, right? And so these two little girls are standing out in the hallway. I walk up to them and I know exactly what they're doing. I, it's, it's our conscious discipline mat, our, our conflict resolution mat. And I say, hey, seems like you guys were having, you know, something was going on. And the one little girl goes, we were having a problem. 
And I, with a little mm in her face, and I said, oh, you were? And she said, yes. So we asked our teacher if we could go to the time machine. And I said, oh, could you show me how the time machine works? Yes, just a second. So just so you know, no one gets on the time machine till they're willing. Like, so you can't make somebody, if they're still mad at you, you can't make them get on this time machine. I said, okay, that's important to understand. And so I'm watching and she said, so we're both already willing. So they step on and there are pictures and words on the mat. In the first one, it says to smile, take a deep breath and relax, which is one of the things that we do in conscious discipline. So regulate yourself before you ever try to access your wisdom. So they, they both take their deep breaths. And then the next one is a picture of wishing well, which you just heard in the little kindergarten story. So everybody does this a little different. So one little girl puts her hands on her heart and she says, I wish you strength. I wish you wisdom and I wish you love. And the other little girl goes, puts her hands on her heart. And she says, my teacher says I can just say it in my head. I'm like, all right, then. All right, then they take another step and it says one, two, three, let's do it. And now they have gone. I mean, people could do this in marriage therapy. I'm just saying conscious discipline is for everybody. It's not just for the children. And so they get, they start far apart, which is true in a conflict. And, and we, we are not saying that we will eliminate conflict, but we will help conflict become healthy in your schools. And so they're standing close together. I don't like it when you call my name. Call me names. My name's Jill. Use that next time if you'd like my attention. Jill says, okay, I can do that. And then they there's a little connection thing in the middle and they high five or hug. These little girls hug. And then the little girl whispers in her ear. She goes, so now we need to switch. Because here's the thing, and this always happens in a conflict. I only called you a name because you shoved me. And that sometimes doesn't get heard and doesn't get felt and it doesn't get acknowledged. And so they start over. They switch spots because it's different words on the mat until they get to the end point again where the little girl says, I don't like it when you push me when the line's moving forward, just tap my shoulder so I know it's going forward. And so now these two seven-year-olds, like wouldn't it be amazing if people did this as grown-ups at work? Like amazing to hear that these things are happening. And, and the one thing, Jessica, that, that I think is uh, the biggest anecdotal story that I can share about Liberty Schools that districts across the country who are listening to this and they're like, what is conscious discipline and how is this going and who is Liberty and they're amazing. And here is the most powerful story I can tell you about Liberty. Every teacher across the country has a professional development plan. Do you know how they started their PDP plans in this building? They started them with, what is something that you want to work on about yourself that has nothing to do with your classroom? When the principals are walking down the hall, they know what teachers' PDP plans are. And they're like, Jessica, you take your vitamins today? I have a first-year little teacher. That's not how she was guided. She's not in Liberty's district. She wasn't guided to, she was guided to pick do you want to raise your um, reading scores? Are you going to raise your math scores? What's your what curriculum? What what professional development do you need to go to so that you can learn more about reading or about math? 
this school has gone from like 1,100 discipline referrals down to 200 over 200 in a year. And, and, and that is because when you feel better, you respond differently to children. And, and so I just would love to hear kind of as we close for you as a mom, because you are the director of special programs, but you're also a mom. How has conscious discipline impacted you as a mom? We use these strategies in our home uh, all the time. The language that's shifted in our household has been tremendous. As you mentioned earlier, Jill, just focusing on like, oh, I see by your eyebrows or the, this or that, that you seem pretty frustrated right now by what's going on. I understand that instead of like, get up to your room, you know, just that instant frustration. It's also, I mean, we, as my husband and I, it, we feel it too. I mean, I, as parents, I know it's different than being a teacher in a classroom and I used to be a teacher, but it's, it is easy to take it personal, right? Like it's easy for me to catch myself flipping into um, a lower level of my brain and, um, and let whatever my son is doing take me to that place. And just the con the, the constant reminders I get from conscious discipline have been so good. And I have found that just with our teachers, same as me as a mom, it's always good to rehear it. So even no matter how close I am to it, no matter how well I think I'm doing at it, or our teachers feel the same way, every single time I go to a conscious discipline event, I'm either like, oh, I forgot about that. I need to remember that. Or I learned something new that I can take forward. I actually, on our little notes page, one of the things I wrote down was the parent nights that we host uh, together. Uh, you're, you've done several and your colleagues have also done several. We've done them in person. We've done them online. We actually found that our parents love them online because then their kids could be in and out and they can be having dinner and doing all the things while we do the session. And parents tend to be really good at being able to attend to multiple things at one time. So that has worked great for us. But I have made those a priority. My husband and I um, go to those together. We have the Managing Emotional Mayhem book on our shelf at home. And when we have rough days, we pull it back out and we read sections from that. And especially even just, I don't know if it's the introduction or chapter one, just really talks a lot about recentering yourself as an adult and remembering what energy you're bringing to every situation. And just remembering that just because he's slipping into an emotional state doesn't mean we need to. And that the goal of our interaction is to get him back to executive functioning. So just because he, if I ask him to go to his room and he runs to the couch instead, that's okay. You know, like letting go of the, oh, he didn't follow my direction. I need to go over there and make sure he goes up to his room. No, the goal is to get him calm and back into that state where we can have a conversation about whatever's going on or get on to that next activity. And so part of that is I have to check myself that like, it doesn't matter that he went to the couch. It doesn't matter that I asked him to go upstairs and he went to the couch instead. The goal is whatever it's going to take to get him to that higher level of thinking so that we can get back to whatever it is that we want to accomplish together. That to me is the power of what conscious discipline has done in our schools, but also I, I hope not just in my home, but in the homes of the parents of the, the children that we have, but also our teacher parents as well. It just really reminds you 
of what your ultimate goal is and how to get there. And that it also reminds us we're all people and we all work a certain way and it's okay. But there's ways that we can make that work for us instead of work against us. Okay, so last closing thing that I want to share before I kick it back over to Michelle is one of the most profound things that Liberty has been willing to um, do outside the box is convert their ISS rooms into something we call care rooms. So ISS is where you kick kids out typically um, and they go and have some kind of an in-school suspension. And, you know, it kind of follows the same path of you did the crime, you do the time, kind of, a, a, you know, a prison track to some degree um, in schools. And, and one of the things that Liberty was willing to do as schools became ready was shift their, those classrooms as the school built the school family and, and the adults were ready to let go of that punitive approach and let go of that and principals were let, ready to let go of that. The care room stands for connecting and recovery environments. And so it is a space that's really kind of similar to um, a special ed classroom for reading. And it's a place where when you're missing some reading skills, nobody sends you to the office because you don't know the letter A. Nobody sends you to the office because adding math is hard. We, we, we take you to a small setting and we teach you those skills. And, and so we don't just take you to that setting and say, well, you know, you should know. And so you just have to sit in this room quietly that looks, you know, scary and ugly and uncomfortable. And, and you just have to sit here and you just have to figure out how to add or figure out how to know the letters. We use the same premise. So we go into this smaller classroom and we teach those missing um, what we call it. Everybody knows our executive skills and we teach those social emotional skills in a small setting. And one of the things that has been so profound about Liberty is the number of reactive where, where a child needs to be taken because they're in, in disruption, the number of reactive incidents that are happening are so significantly less and the proactive opportunities where kids are just going identified as a kid who's missing some skills in impulse control, missing some skills in cognitive flexibility and so they just want their way always and, and taking them to a space where they are actually, you know, thinking differently and, and learning and, and looking at, at things very different. Again, another celebration is one of the schools that implements that to a grand level have not evacuated a classroom in two years and they're a Title I building. It is a common practice that in kindergarten we evacuate children out of a building, out of a classroom because another child is, is, um, had such great upset. And in this school that has really figured out how when they shifted from that ISS to that care room approach, how it impacts that children are not as explosive in classrooms and, and that's why their test scores go up. We don't teach people how to teach reading, but when kids are in class, and teachers are feeling safe and love their job, they teach. So if you want to learn more information about Liberty's journey or about some of the data um, that we can share from some of those things or just how you could um, start having um, teachers who feel successful and enjoy their jobs and children who are able to regulate um, big upset, you can contact us at ConsciousDiscipline.com. You can go to our website or you can email us at transformation at ConsciousDiscipline.com. 
So Michelle, thank you so very much for letting us, Jessica and I, be part of sharing some of the um, amazing things that Conscious, Conscious Discipline has done for our schools. This has been so eye-opening. So many things going through my brain right now. First of all, you know, Jill, I really think you're on point there with uh, getting that time machine mat for couples. <laughs> I think that's a whole other expansion that we don't have time to get into, but I'm thinking I want one of those. So I, I thought that was great. I mean, so many great points. And Jessica, you know, specifically what really kind of jumped out at me when you talked about your son, if he doesn't want to go upstairs, sometimes my husband's a leadership guy. He talks about sometimes we have to lose the battle to win the war. And the most important thing wasn't where he went, but it was that he went to a place where he can work through whatever he's going through in the big picture. You know, the resolution is just so important for kids and adults as well. So thank you both for being here. Jill Moley, Director of Development for Conscious Discipline, and Jessica Meisenheimer, Director of Special Programs for Liberty Public Schools. Uh, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure other people out there will have questions. They will want to learn more, and I'm glad you gave some contact information there for people who would want to follow up, and we can have that in the show notes as well. So thank you both for being here today. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to this great conversation. Of course, it is the District Administration Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe in your favorite podcast player to hear more engaging conversations like the one you heard today. And of course, you can visit districtadministration.com for more information there. I'm your host, Michelle Dongman. Thanks again for joining us. We hope to connect with you on another podcast soon. Mm -hmm.